0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come
1: here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
0: Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this.
2: It's, uh, John, it's Johnny Million. He's at home. He's uh, he's, he's cat-friendly, surrounded by cats, and he's not <coughs> eat, eating chips or caramels um, this week. That is the only thing in my computer world that's going 100% right, is that we got Johnny Million. Hi, Johnny. Um, Hi. Um, you're our, our man in the sky, obviously, for those of you that are only listening on the radio. Uh, uh, Johnny <laughs> is attached to a string and floating alongside the uh, Chinese uh, spy balloon.
3: I'm 12 miles
2: up here. Yes, he's he's the uh, air is thin. Yes, he's keeping track of it. Uh, I want you guys to know that uh, it's in good hands. Uh, John has a lot of experience with balloons in his life. They're one of his favorite toys. Um, and they are. Know, I did a lot of horse smuggling. That's right. He's he's what. He's, huh? um, huh? He, he's, uh, always, it's like magic when he sees one. Like, how do they, I don't even know how, uh, you know, you should see him with a Mylar <laughs> balloon. It's just like, John, come back to, hey, okay, talk to us, talk to us. He's just, yay, Mylar. It's so glistening and, and floaty. It's just beautiful. Um, so, you know, you were bringing up before the show something that I thought was fantastically astute, Johnny Million. What's that? Um, that it has been, a uh, a bad week for walk back <laughs> on the on the republican side on the on the right wing media side lar- the the first one of course being the paul pelosi tape this comes out after this whole grotesque anti gay smear campaign they've been putting out against pelosi when he's not even gay they just like can't pass up an opportunity oh somebody said san francisco might as well throw a little gay bashing
3: in just for kicks yeah, or some violent guy that does, that believes in everything we believe in got caught. We yeah. we have to pretend he's not one of us,
2: and also uh, make it about make it the victim's fault. You know, everybody yeah. all this all of a sudden it's a you know they're wearing a short skirt. So the um, watch multiple outlets. Fox News and others they were you know, they had there were clips all over the internet, I'm sure many of you saw them, where people were having to on the air walk back what they were saying, like, No, we're looking at the video right there. He's breaking in the house. That's that's the hammer. There he is. Yeah. That's the backpack he was tired of carrying up the hill. This this is the story. And then uh, you know, they they see the actual attack and people are like breaking down whether Paul Pelosi was like, get him. You know, he like he he should have done that because the guy was you know, trying to wriggle the hammer out of his hand. And he was like, can you guys see that this guy is nuts? Right. Yeah. Um, a- again, I'm masterfully managing this dude until the very last second when the cops showed up and, and then watching them walk that back. And then on top of that, I think uh pap the guy, the atta- the attacker calls to a local San Francisco station and doubles down on his MAGA credentials and, and makes it even worse for them. So that was, I mean, that, that, that would, that used to be, oh, bless you, Hal Vickery for the super chat. That was really sweet. And Lisa Mia Moore. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. That one hasn't come up on my end, but thank you guys. And thank you guys for joining us. Like, subscribe, thumbs up, all that kind of stuff. Patreon.com slash Hal Sparks. I'll get used to saying it at some point. Anyways, so... (laughs) You know, right about that time, we're like, well, yeah, he did attack him. And yeah, Paul Pelosi was an innocent victim. And yeah, Paul Pelosi like handled a very scary situation as best he could in all these situations. But the dude had uh, Black Lives Matter and gay flags outside of his house, and he was clearly a lefty. Well, those were, by the way, his exes or his girls, but it's hard to tell what their relationship is, because she's in jail for sex with a minor. Those were her flags, Outside the house. He was living in the garage. She'd moved him to the garage. The idea that he was homeless was not true. She was just letting him squat in the garage. He used to be in the house. Then he did something that moved him to the garage. That's I mean, we've all been in the doghouse. uh, You know, if you've been in a relationship, you've been in the doghouse once or twice. Have you not, Johnny Million? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the garage. So, so they were like, yeah, look at the house. It's San Francisco. They lived there. He was a, he was a nudist activist years ago. Yeah. He was, he was one of these pipeline, faux, aggressive, angry, uh, alleged leftists branding themselves as Marxists and all this kind of stuff that were coaxed rightward by the, by the teachings of Alex Jones and Jimmy Dore. And and you can tell because he wrote about it on his website. He became a Nazi watching these guys' stuff. He started, you know, uh, like he was ba- he was on the Hitler was robbed tip. That was his whole. That was his angle, right? Robbed. Yes, he was. It ro- was robbed. He was really nobody appreciated. Uh, you know what he was. Able- you know, hey, the trains ran on time. That kind of stuff. So, anyways, Lord Almighty. So. Um, that that was a bad start to the week, you know. In yeah, last so that's week. let's walk really. back
3: number one.
2: That's what that was a that was enormous, gruesome. Involved a bloody attack on an innocent man that they had gleefully, you know, memed about for weeks, yeah. and then comes the uh, the the. It's argu- arguably worse because this one won't fade. This one won't. They can't stuff this one in the memory hole. The way they could other stuff. And that is, of course, the jobs report that came out 518, 517,000 jobs added when there was an expected 186. Yeah. Like they were like, we've been, they've been cheerleading this recession since first word of it, where they were like, we had negative growth two quarters in a row. Technically, technically, you know, the like pushing their glasses up on their nose. Actually, we are in a recession by all that. Well, again, also. The analogy that I keep going back to that I think is very sound that if you have uh chronic migraines and you've been going to your doctor with chronic migraines for years and he treats them a certain way, gives you Excedrin and a, a shoulder rub. And then you come in with a railroad spike through your head, which would be COVID in this analogy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he goes, uh, headaches back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and gives you an Excedrin and starts rubbing your back. You're like I have a spike. This is unreal. Yes. My head hurts. But not for the reasons it usually hurts. So this is, you know, yes, we've had recessions before. Yes, we've had, um, you know, crashes in the economy before. Yes, we've had, um, you know, issues, you know, with uh, the stock market because of somebody flipping the wrong switch on a on a stock bot and it taking a dive for a day or so. We've had those things happen. But in 1982 when there was this giant you know when Volcker handled the recession and and brought back or handled inflation by raising interest re- rates precipitously there was no 1981 pandemic 2008 was not pre- was not predicated on the effects of a, a worldwide a worldwide pandemic that shut off like but like boats full of oil sitting idle in the ocean, yeah. there, it was nothing like that. So to pretend it didn't is just embarrassing. So and the issue that they have is that they're kind of ch- man. Maybe we're lucky. We I mean again, we should count our blessings because we're dealing with idiots. And if we were dealing with people with any brains, they might actually cause some real trouble. Yeah. Um, and in re- but in reality, these guys are solving for the wrong problem. And repeatedly, that means I'm going to come up with the wrong answer and be caught flat-footed. Did you hear that? No, it was a crackle. <laughs> it was. It kind of sounded like your fart gun. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it? Was it a delay with that one? Was it anything like this? Was it this? It wasn't that one. It might have been that one. That's know, the one only more one time. I, that's the only thing I. Ooh. I got oh. I've got this one. Is it any closer to what you're. Nope. That's the only ones I've got. Sorry. Yeah. The-
3: People are concerned about the audio in the chat, but I'm all about the the fart sounds.
2: Oh, I see. What's the what's the are we loud? Are we what's the audio in the chat issue? Yeah,
3: apparently, it's it's crackly or staticky.
2: Oh, robotic stuff. Okay, yep. That's by the way. That is because of how I'm getting you on this show right now. It's just I don't know what the sometimes it works and sometimes it's just a big old jerk. So apologies. Uh, um, I will I will work on it over the course of the show to try to smooth it out for people in the chat room. Um, it is just the nature of it's, – it, it's the devil we deal with. Um, interestingly enough, though, this is totally clear. I'm just saying that's the weird part. That is – even though I've got pink eye, that's clear. <laughs> it gave you pink eye? Is that what happened? <laughs> All right. We got to <laughs> take a break. I'll try to – I'll work on it during the break. Let's just count it then. All right. The, uh, the, the YouTube audio is apparently fine. How does that make sense? All right. I right, um, we're being attacked. This is it. The Chinese. Uh, I'm. I blame the Chinese the spy balloon. balloon. I'm, we're gonna blame the Chinese spy balloon when we come back, yep. because I have a, a couple of great reasons why not to shoot it down, and it's going. To, and uh, it, it, one of them's uh, well, save it. I, we'll, we'll on the other side. Here it, we'll be back right after this. Yeah.
0: You're locked okay. into the Howl Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide.
2: Oh my gosh! Uh, the uh, the so um we'll get to the uh, my my balloon theories um yeah. and um never mind the fact that China has spy satellites over the United States and obviously they were becoming increasingly frustrated with the lack of intel they were getting from those things because a we know they are there. And so we know to close the drapes yeah. when they drift over you know and they're not going to retask them um I would before we even start this whole thing about like why would they use a balloon instead of a satellite I would like to remind everyone that the 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 Chinese have a space program that they have not used in years in so far as I know there hasn't been a single launch a successful launch since covid mm. and satellites. Um, Some of them go up and stay up. Some of them go up and fall down. And um, and some of them you have to, you know, push put new ones up because the old ones don't work anymore because the whoever you're spying on has figured out how they work and has either stopped them from working on that particular thing um, or blocked them. Because of where they are, and you have to reposition right. or retask them, and you don't have the means and wherewithal to do that with the old ones, so you need to put a new one up that you have more control over. And the Chinese, quite frankly, their space program don't don't let interstellar fool you um, or um, uh, like uh, the Martian fool you. They're not there. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of it is for show. So my, oh my. boy. Yeah, there is there is a uh, there's a reason why they may be sending balloons because their satellites stopped working entirely. They also just uh, uh, supposedly there's a second one tracking over um, South America right now, and the Canadians also saw one. So I think they just tested a bunch, and then went like, "Where are they going? Where are they going? Where are they going? Where are they going?" (laughs) Like like they were gonna like, "What if we put these spy things up?" The funny thing is. You know they said they got loose there for civilian use and then they drifted away and we're mm-hmm. like that's a spy that's a spy balloon. It is complete listen to me on this. As someone who's traveled extensively in China and dealt with the CCP in person, it is entirely possible that the Chinese government floated spy balloons to spy on their own people and then they started drifting. <laughs> And then they went, oh, OK, well, since it's drifting, we might as well move it over here. It is entirely possible. It's also entirely possible that they just sent them up and don't care where they went and are just yeah. gathering slapdash, whatever is underneath them. So um, it, it is com- complete crap that they are civilian use only and that they're just weather balloons. That is Categorical nonsense. The Chinese government does not gather weather data unless it has military usage or population control. There is no bifurcation of that knowledge point. If you think our corporations are in bed with the military industrial complex and, and I don't know, Raytheon tracks how much water Coca Cola is using or some, you know, fantasy that these folks have, they got nothing on the Chinese government. It's mandated. Yeah. If the, if the Chinese military, if you make T-shirts in China through a Chinese company that prints the T-shirts, the Chinese Defense Ministry can come in anytime they want and say, "We're taking over. We, we're we're going to put something in the ink, whatever they want to do." I don't, you know, <laughs> God knows, uh, little RFID trackers in in your ring shirts, your retro ring shirt. We're like, hey, this is great. It says Stranger Things on it. Turns out you're being <laughs> tracked. No matter. Do I think they're doing that? No, but they could. They absolutely with every business, even at the most absurd, they could walk in any day. Imagine if the United States was such that the Pentagon could just take over Mar-a-Lago just because they wanted to. They could just walk into like in the middle of CPAC, just go, everybody sit down. Um, You're all deputized and uh, you have to go snitch on a family member. And if you don't bring us back one family member that's insufficiently conservative, uh, we throw you in jail. <laughs> that, that That's a real thing.
3: That's insane. That's,
2: yeah, it, it is precisely that. So um, in general, it's a it's the idea that this is a harmless balloon is goofy. But but again, what else are they going to say? What else? What? Uh, what in the what? Are, what's their response? Yeah, it was a military satellite, and I'd do it again. See, yeah. you know, like of course they're gonna say that was. I, I don't understand what your problem is. That was you know that was a total. And we are having a kid's birthday party. Um, it was a sur- It was a surveillance party slash gender reveal.
3: And <laughs> I can't wait for that thing to pop.
2: Yeah. Well, that leads me to the other thing. Way to do a transition uh, there, Johnny Million. So. Here's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. All right. All right. Oh, I see. That's what that does. That's the garble. Okay, I can't. I I was going to bring up a piece of audio, and that... Can you hear me? Did I go away? Okay. That's... All right, I apparently there's a, a loop happening somewhere that I have no control over. So that I'm going to fix later on, and I won't be trying that again. But in the meantime, um, there is uh, my theory about the blue and white. First of all, why not pop it? The, the easiest reason yeah. is because um, deflating it and letting it go to the ground or capturing it some other way basically waiting it till it waiting till it gets over the Atlantic or mm. or one of the great Lakes and then doing it well it's over land right now and right now it's over Missouri so the, the the DoD and the and homeland security and all these are tracking it right now and as soon as it reaches a body of water where it can land and we can recover it then then we'll shoot it down That's what's basically going to happen. The the funny thing about everybody immediately jumping in and, and going, we got to shoot this down. It's got to go it's gotta, like shoot it down. I don't even know why we're going to be You know, like the, the Don Jr. level of panic. Don uh, Trump actually all caps, shoot down the balloon. That yeah. was it. That was the whole thing. And my my instant response was fairly simple. It was what it's what if it's full of pathogens? What well, if one okay. of what if one of their ways of protecting their stuff when they fly it over other countries to dissuade them from doing that is it's just full of anthrax? It wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be difficult no. at all. What if it's full of fentanyl? How about that? Just like, go with some other, you know, the the main boogeyman of the right currently. Um, what? Then you popped it over populated areas. that be <laughs> bad. Then what? what then what are you then responsible for the first attack now don't get me wrong they obviously wouldn't they're not going to do that for that very reason but also they wouldn't be responsible for the first attack because if you'll recall um the right believes that uh the the chinese attacked us not the government the chinese just in general the, Not just the people, but the cuisine, (laughs) the the Chinese food attacked us with uh, COVID as a bioweapon. And again, if you believe that, if you even think that, then that means unequivocally that Donald Trump, presided over the greatest bioweapon attack in the history of the world and certainly the nation. And his response was to say the leader of that country that attacked us was very professional and sell them all of our, uh, our beef, pork, corn, and soybeans. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, everybody needs to get off of Chamberlain's case. Um, uh, Hitler never got such a deal. So the, that, that's my favorite Kind of drop point to work out when people bring that up when they're like they attack the Chinese attacked us with a bioweapon like uh, you 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 do realize that uh, (laughs) if that's true um, Trump was uh, Trump aided and abetted them like on an extraordinary level so that said um, there. Capturing it and and looking at the level of tech that you're dealing with is the primary thing. Now, also, to be abundantly clear, the three planes that are tracking it from the Air Force, all three of them have the technology to effectively scan every signal coming in and out of that device. And the only reason they need to even crack it open is to look at any storage it would have. Like what device yeah. they're using to store stuff. That's it. So, um, in in general, they know what the Air Force knows what they're doing, and the panic attack is performative. Even on the Republican side, they know this. They know all of this stuff. And by the way, the higher ranking the the Republican that is squealing, like Ted Cruz or somebody, the senators you can you can kind of excuse the idiocy of somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because she's relatively new. I I wouldn't, because if you've been a congressperson for more than six months, you know more about a lot of this stuff than almost anyone, you know, certainly any pedestrian. But any senator who's who's clamoring about this Mm -hmm. um, is is selling something that they are politicking on national security the same way they say Democrats do all the time. They know this. I know this. They know this. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is this is obvious. There was a guy yesterday who posted online a a picture of the of like Montana, Wyoming, in that area, and there were like red areas where the active military, uh, where the active nuke sites were, and black. Marks where the inactive former nuclear sites were, and then gray areas where the military live bases were. And I was like, "Why do the Chinese have to send a balloon over to find out where stuff is? If you could just look on Twitter at an illustration, you get me." So, yeah, anyways, the other point. thing is the other thing is, and uh, I have another theory about the balloon itself, which might even involve. A little bit of our own government um, uh, tattletaling on the Chinese, you know, in, in a material way. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide.
0: Welcome back to the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide.
2: All right, so. I, you know, I'm, I'm chipping away. Chipping away, the moments make of the dull day. <laughs> so um, there is a uh, now. So Chinese, uh, I, by the way, I'm for the record. Any uh, anybody in the chat room or whatever, if I have video lags or audio problems or Johnny Million, uh, his cat makes a noise. Or anything like that, we're blaming it all on the, on the Chinese spy balloon. I'm just yep. saying, it's uh, we have never uh, we're ha- we've been handed a gift, and it would be, I, I just feel like it would be rude to not accept it. So, um, so, uh, th- and and by the way. If you are looking to support the show, we are fighting the Chinese spy balloon right now. I'm just saying. Like yeah. so we need your help to fight the Chinese. I'm trying to turn this into a telethon. I don't care. Because if the right can blame everything on the Chinese spy
3: balloon. You can blame it on the Chinese and then start raising money. That's what you do. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. Um and uh uh and Larry Figg drive safely on his way to Dallas. He's listening to the Larry show. Fan- yes, absolutely. An and Cynthia, thank you for the technical support stuff. I I will accept it in total shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I oh, like, shame, It's very sad. Um, th- and by the way, this is supposed to be the updated uh, little mini Mac mini that I have. It's supposed to be able to handle all this stuff. And for some reason, it's just like, nah, I don't, not I don't today. know. Not today. Not to, not you, buddy. For everybody <laughs> else. Um, so um, there is a <clears throat> excuse me. Um, th- 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 there, uh, there's literally now like an air cult of maggots who are staring at the sky and everybody thinks th- everything they see is a Chinese spy balloon. Um, it's, uh, and, and that, I guess they're here to, uh, blow up our, um, our egg factories, our egg processing plants. <laughs> that's the, that's the other, uh, that's the other, you know, myth that they're floating, and I, I have to say that yes, everybody's like shoot it down in the chat yeah. room. I have to say that the the jobs report is the reason for the balloon juice season, because <laughs> man, if you if you focus on that jobs report and and essentially everything that. The right is saying about Biden and China and the economy is I mean, it's just it's embarrassingly wrong so frequently that, quite frankly, they become more hyperbolic in what they are saying because. The more hyperbolic you get about a statement, especially online or something like Joe Biden is destroying the American economy because he hates mm-hmm. the American people. Like the more hyperbolic you get, it gets into kind of the religious zone of a statement and and away from the material reality. Does that make sense? Where it does, it's not even close to something you have to prove. It's it's so in the realm of exaggerated hyperbolic opinion that there is no follow up. If you say it's Joe Biden's fault we're losing jobs in America, you can throw detail after detail. Nineteen thousand manufacturing jobs were added last. When's yeah. the last time you saw tens of thousands of like? Every time we talk about a factory, even when Trump was talking about the carrier plant or Foxconn that never came it was always in the area of like this will add 275 this is gonna add 300 jobs to you know to the 19,000 construction jobs are non-stop it has baffled everyone at the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere because they're like what are these people building like Commercial property, largely, by the way, cloud services and warehouses, because that's the new boom in commercial real estate. And con- you cannot convert old like it- apartment towers or office buildings into these kind of facilities. You got to dig deep into the earth and put set up giant coolant facilities until, you know, ultimately we solve that computer problem. And then those things will get unearthed and turned into giant basketball courts or something. <laughs> um but that's, that's what they're building all around us right now. In, in, in Las Vegas, there was an enormous housing boom and it's still continuing because the place has become a suburb of Los Angeles. It used to take me four hours to get from Venice to Hollywood some days. That's how long it takes me to drive from Vegas to Los Angeles. <laughs> What's the difference if your house is like one sixteenth the cost? No wonder people are stampeding here. So that's that's part right. of it, right? So look at you know that that housing boom is is ongoing, but along with it, there are just these and and can't stop lying. In our chat, has seen this as much as anybody because he's here in town with us too, um, and and Mark as well. They're building these warehouses that are not really office parks They're for, you know, storage and for, you know, like cloud services and that kind of stuff, which is the, and, 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 factories, quite frankly, producing your own stuff here, t-shirts, you know, like the, the, I would guess the, the industry that Vegas would use the most is like company that, that companies that make uniforms or that make fresh t-shirt and laminates and that kind of stuff for conventions that are in town. There are, they used to outsource that stuff you would order it and it would show up on a ship and then it would get here in time for your convention Now there are people building those kind of companies here in Vegas because they're so frequent it's a regular industry so they're mm-hmm. just doing it and that's what's being built not uh, you know like cubicled office areas or old-fashioned office buildings where law offices have a small you know thing in there, there there's enough of those. And so many people working from home. But they were so confused about, like, where are all these construction jobs going? And, and the other part is infrastructure. You, you think this is big. Wait till you see the spring construction jobs. Because as soon as the, the weather clears and they start working on these major infrastructure projects, like broadband in rural areas has just gotten started, like, right before winter and slowed down. As soon as it warms up, it it's on. It'll for and and again, the removing lead pipes from you know from old water systems. That in and of itself, that's a, it's very human intensive. It's going to require uh, no, a lot. I kind of I'm going to miss that little tang. Yeah, that like it, that slight sweetness that the Romans <laughs> liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah the I The They did. That's what. It's partly why they went Looney Tunes. Was yeah. the idea is that they coated their plates in, uh, in lead and it, it made the food taste slightly better and killed other bacteria. Um, also it kills your gut bacteria and it puts holes in the front of your brain, but you yeah. know, who's counting. Um, and, um, the balloon is Danny deck chair, a real Aussie guy that tied balloons to his lunch. Yes. That, I remember that guy, the, uh, the Australian guy. Oh, yeah. Who,
3: yeah. Yeah. who
2: tried to do his own like road show of up. Um, So the these the biggest number to come out of the jobs report is the smallest number, The, the number where people maybe just ignored it. They just didn't pay as much attention. And by the way, by not paying attention to it, they let the right sell a talking point that is false. That is an active lie they're aware of, and that is the job participation lie—the idea that yeah, the, the unemployment's going down because people just stop looking. Right, that's what you've heard all along that as loves it's me creeping up. Yeah. People like they're not people aren't looking for jobs anymore because, you know, they've given up on it or they're lazy or any of that. Kind of, like the way they just talk down the American people in general is kind of gross. And it shows their opinion of the average person, not yeah. them. Of course, they're you know, they're cut from a special cloth They're, You know, they've got they're they're obviously in the same genetic line as Trump and his 200 uh, year old <sighs> uh, lifespan or 200 year lifespan. Um, but if you look at the the number ticked up. From uh, uh, 64, uh, sorry, 62.2 to 62.4. The fact that the number that is a compensatory number to the number of jobs that were created, because as job as as unemployment goes down and participation goes up, that is a multiplier of the jobs that were created, that's why the number threw everybody off. That's why they were expecting 186,000. They were looking at jobs added, but they were believing their own myth about job participation. They thought it was going down too, or that it had stagnated, and that this was going to lead into the recession and 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 all these companies are firing people, tech company, tech layoffs. That, remember that? Like you've been hearing that for yeah. the last couple months. So. Uh, one of the tech writers on Bloomberg was sort of sounding the alarm to all of his um, you know, stock friends who were like, the Fed's going to pivot and lower the interest rate So because we're headed into a recession because tech people are getting fired everywhere. He's like, yeah, every tech person that got fired that I know of immediately had a consulting job that paid as much or more right after it, if not multiple ones. You know, and, and by the way, that will increase because the Biden administration and the Democrats have prioritized, um, uh, you know, getting rid of non-compete clauses because they are they, they fall under antitrust and they deny people autonomy in their own work and skill. And again, anybody who thinks, you know, like a short term, if you're working on a particular project, right, something that's coming out in the next five months. And you, you know a competitor is working on an equal thing, and you're both jockeying to get that thing out over the next six months. A non-compete clause for six months is one thing. But you better offer with it a relatively you know reasonable golden parachute that if we fire you in that time, you have a non-compete clause. You can't work for our competitors, even though that's your skill set, but we will pay you for those months if we have to fire you. Like, And that's why you're hiring, because these are highly skilled workers a lot of times. Instead, if you look back at, you know, past being prologue, look at what Netscape, I mean, um, uh, Microsoft did with uh, Netscape and did with uh, like, was it Borderland? One of the early video game companies that they capsized um, that was trying to bounce off the Commodore boom of gaming. They, you know, there were all these programmers working really hard to make like these cross platform games and Microsoft wanted to have all of it so they hired them gave them a non compete clause that was 5 years and okay. then fired them and they couldn't get a job anywhere because there were no other versions of that job these guys would end up working in IT doing you know effectively menial technical labor because they couldn't they were shut down from that again if it's a single project competitor is looking for a project that's equal to that that's one thing but these were absurd so um, the Biden administration has gotten rid of those, which means you are going to see in the work from home movement, you're going to see a bunch of tech workers who have been fired or decide to leave now consulting for multiple tech firms and only signing, signing NDA and non-compete clauses around their consulting work around certain projects. Um, and which means it's going to zero out the job losses in a market that's otherwise volatile. And and it wouldn't be we wouldn't even be having this conversation if the right was not rooting for a recession. Nope. They don't have a plan. They know the the country's headed in a better direction. They know Biden is totally on point with his economic strategy. They know it isn't marxism. They know it isn't a takeover of our government by George Soros. But they don't have an alternative, and they're frightened to death of success. We'll be back right after this. It's the Hell Sparks Radio program Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's progressive talk.
0: You're locked into the Hell radio program, Mega Worldwide.
2: Welcome back. So Philip Bittner will be joining us in the next hour to talk about what's going on in Ukraine and, and, um, the, the U S is prepping a, another $1.7 billion package to go to Ukraine and everybody, Marge and Matt Gates and, and Don Jr. And all the people who were like, but that Russian fake NRA money was going to be my reelection campaign cash. Damn it. Um, that crowd, all the people who would have benefited, from the from the Russian NRA ca- cash that dried up and are still they're livid about it those folks are you'll see more and more this has to end now today okay well why why because Russia's losing because they know because they can see it and Russia is amassing supposedly a big gr- bunch of people bunch a bunch of soldiers for some big push of individuals untrained in some cases, prisoners. Most of them, they're functional workers in the country that are going to run into a hail of bullets and missiles and artillery with nothing but a, a you know a plywood AK forty seven and um, and a, a body armor with uh, with a pancake batter in it. I don't know what the heck. I don't care how many people they throw at this. It sounds delicious. This is not... It didn't work during the Braveheart times. This is not... Uh, yeah. Um, and by the way, Jordan Mills uh, says in the chat room, has uh, uh, Phil heard about the report on nuclear weapons Putin received this week, and now some don't even exist, a lot don't work, and the generals fake the soldiers working there and collecting their pay. Yes. It's exactly what I've been saying this whole time. That Look, I... Again, if you're going to steal from a store, but by, by you, you work at the store and you're, you, you realize while you're working at the counter that, uh, 10% of the items are 100% or 90% of what you sell. And 10% of the items never get bought, but they're always in stock and always have to get rotated through. You also know that the pieces of that product the the pasta the cheese packet the box um all get all have a price on you know people will buy each of those things separately for cash and since the store never moves them and they always get thrown out and nobody even looks to see if they're in stock cuz we've stopped even putting them on the shelf they just sit in the back under a tarp which what would you steal first? Would you steal from the till where the cameras are on you and the customers all the time and they and the cash is the thing that moves the most? Or would you steal the things that are that move through at thirty to fifty percent rate where somebody go, where'd all the Where'd all the uh Capri Suns go? You know what I mean? Where they Capri like, sun. I don't know, I'm just picking things at random that in my childhood moved like Hotcakes, uh, 10 in a stack and covered in syrup. But no, you would obviously steal the stuff that nobody thinks they're ever going to use until it's an emergency. And you're like, where the hell's my my tire inflator pump? Where's my jump jumper cables? Right. You would sell the jumper cables because we never use the jumper. And they sit there covered in dust. This guy said, I'll give you 10 bucks for the jumper cables. And I sold the. How was I supposed to know? That's exactly what's happening. They and and you have to understand. They were selling parts off tanks. They were selling parts off airplanes. They were selling the you know the the tanks and airplanes themselves without permission Oops. from the from their uppers. So of course they're selling off every integral part of the nukes and it isn't even the missile themselves, the the computer systems that use them for targeting. Like all the, like and none of the people like Putin and his, and his ilk are technologically savvy enough, or or have a strong enough ego where somebody else could tell them, "Yeah, this is really working," and they believe them. Like like to audit the auditors for themselves. Like, I, no, I got my tech guy. You know, we're good. So uh, if you guys are BSing me, I'm gonna. He's gonna check your work, right? And by the way, that's called bureaucracy. And that's what the, the right laments about the deep state in the United States. That's what we have. We have layers of fail safe just for this type of thing. Otherwise, just like anybody else, our nukes would have been sold off in the mid 70s to God knows who. That's what happened. It is what's ha- like, of course, they're not ready to fly. They look like it to Putin. They you know, they, they somebody like brings a car wash crew down to one of the silos if he wants to do a tour. But th- there are, uh, there have always been two intrinsically wrong things with the idea that Russia is going to launch a nuclear attack. One is, does the stuff work at all? Which is a, <laughs> a, a huge question, right? Yeah. And if you launch it and it blows up in, you know, Let's say your trigger mechanisms trigger as soon as they leave the silo instead of halfway through the sky, right? When they're on their way to their target, they're old and that's how they were designed. They're mechanically done so that, you know, and somebody doesn't know to flip the switch. And that doesn't, it blows up in the thing and then you have nuclear explosions all over your own country. That's a very, that's a constant possibility, that they have to understand, and and you'd have to send teams of people you un- that you trust to all of them who aren't on the take or undermining you. If you're a paranoid lunatic like Vladimir Putin is, and they and you have to believe them when they come back and say, "Yeah, they're fine." What if the dude's forehead is sweating like in Total Recall? And you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the other thing is, is in 1991 when they fell. And there were, uh, you know, American business people all over the country running amok and getting involved in the oil and gas industry. And it was the Wild West and, you know, um, all these commies have turned into bloody capitalists. It's disgusting. Like uh, the, like Val Kilmer said Ugh. in The Saint, right? Ugh. Um, how, uh, You're going to tell me. That Rex Tillerson, who won the like best friend of Russia thing and then ended up working in the, you know, as the energy secretary under Trump. That now they're not going, wait, did did that guy, was he sent here by the government a long time ago? Is he because that's what we do. Is that is Rex, Rex Tillerson. Has he been playing us this whole time? Enriching himself, but also working for the U.S. government. And while he was out in these places, all of our oil areas aren't too far from our nuclear silos. They got to know where they are. All of our satellites stopped working in a month after the fall (laughs) of the USSR. How do we know they haven't taken over our nuclear system, put in malware? And if we hit launch, they all just fly straight to Moscow. You think, you know, but do you because nothing has happened to the, the US system in that time. Hell, nothing like that has happened to the North Korean system that we know of in that time or Israel or any other nuclear power, even Pakistan. But Russia went through a 20-year window where there were a lot of people running around and almost no fail-safes. Our biggest problem after the fall of the of, of Russia in 90, you know, in 91 of the USSR was All these terrorist groups were going to roll into these open silo areas because nobody was guarding them anymore and just gather whatever they wanted. Well, part of that might be true just in sales. They didn't have to, you know, roll up with a truck full of guys with guns like like a James Bond film. They just had to make a phone call to the Lord of War and he sold them parts, really crucial parts that these things don't fly without. Yeah, Tillerson, sorry, Tillerson was Secretary of State. Beg your pardon. Thank you. Um, not Energy Secretary. Yeah. Point being, though, is that a guy who was our Secretary of State had gotten the like Best Buddy of Putin award and was tied in with the oil and gas industry there. Now they can say, ah, we've got our guy. But Tillerson, if you'll recall, used some expletives about Trump, who clearly, you know, joking or not, the, the, the modern Pravda in Russia calls our guy, and here's Tillerson who's seen both sides of the veil, who's talking crap about Trump during the Russia investigation, by the way. This is you know, and if again, if you're if you're Biden or you're even George W. Bush or Obama, are you that paranoid about this side of it? No. But Putin is increasingly isolated because uh, – one of the reasons why he looked like crap for so long, besides the fact that he had surgery, is because he was literally – dude isn't sleeping. If you were uh, – it's this simple. If you were Vladimir Putin, could you take a nap if you needed one anywhere? Mm, probably not. And, I don't think you nope. could shut your brain off. Nope. Nope. I mean I'm it's one no of in, in a lot of ways, it's it explains – I think it explains in many ways why Trump is awake at all hours and constantly seemingly allegedly gacked on on, you know, Adderall and then Benzos just to pass out, which is seemingly allegedly seemingly allegedly. Yes, Um, it it makes sense. Uh, we gotta, we're at the top of the hour. We gotta take a break. When we come back, uh, Philip and will be joining us and I get to jump through another technological hoop getting him into oh, the conversation.
0: Gonna uh, it's gonna be good. Oh, it's gonna be good. Uh,
2: wish me so wish me some luck. We'll be back right after this. be before but not when was being sure. Video streaming at com. Well, I don't care for you if like a the of
0: sludge you're trowling out. little faithful stick. true progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up.
2: Joining us right now is our dear friend Philip Itner who is live in Kiev right now. He has been there since the beginning of the war for all practical purposes. He is uh he speaks Russian. He's is uh Ukrainian is getting better by the day. And if you need somebody to uh, find you uh, pickled garlic stalks in the middle of Ukraine, you can't find a better uh, source. Also, um, uh, on the right side of history in it, too, uh, Philip, uh, uh, by the way, at Philip on Twitter, one L, two T's. Um, Hey, Mm -hmm. hi. How are you? Hey.
1: Yeah. I'm okay. A little bit a little well, a little bit I hate to bring the mood down a little bit, but we had some bad news. Yeah. uh a uh, 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 Marine uh that I know who was uh doing medical care out in uh Bakhmut uh, was killed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or at least we mm-hmm. were informed of his death yesterday. So and I'd just, just like to take a quick moment to uh to give a little shout out to him. Uh, his name was Peter Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew Peter in Mosul. I met Peter in Mosul when he was doing the same thing that he was doing here, and that was basically running right towards the fire mm-hmm. when other people run away. He was running into the fire to help people and to provide first aid and casualty evacuations. Um, right. He had a he had a little you know van in Mosul, and he would drive every morning from our hotel in Erbil in Kurdistan, and right. he was a very brave brave guy. He was the best of what we expect from the Marine Corps. And I met him in Mosul and uh, we would see each other in crossing in the hotel. Everybody kind of knew who he was. We would have little chit chats, but it wasn't until I uh, engaged with him and we I had an opportunity. I was working as a television producer and I had the opportunity to buy some video off of, he would wear GoPros. He and his team, he had, he had two other guys with him. Uh, um, one was another American and another Brit. But anyhow, he would, he would come and he would offer to sell GoPro video of going into Mosul into the belly of the beast. And, uh, it was great video. You know, it was just, it, and so of course I, I gave him and money and I, I remember.
2: Yeah. Hold on. I'm I, the, the echo comes in a weird loop. I'm trying to solve for that and it's temporary. Um, so, uh, pardon me if I'm, you know, if I'm tweaking around in this and I want it to, I don't want it to, um, run aground of what we're trying to, um, talk about here. And, uh, so I'm just going to check a Is couple of something things on my end. Is there anything it, I can do? It's possible. I think it's it, cause it's not looping on Johnny's side. So, um, on, yeah, I'm trying to remedy it as best I can. It's one of those things. I wish I could just reach across the desk and uh and flick a switch for you. Um but that's uh, obviously not materially possible, by the way. Is that any better? Um it's tighter, but it's still there. It's still echoing. going. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. That's okay. Well, I mean this is this is part of the deal of we're you know, we're I, and by the way, because that—that's better for me. That's better for you. Okay. Um. Anyways, I—I I believe I, yeah, I blame just, the Chinese spy balloon. So fear not. I knew it. Yep, Chinese <laughs> spy balloon. Let's. Yeah. So, anyways, go ahead, try, Philip, and I'll try to.
1: Well, anyhow, so I knew. I knew Pete. Uh, when he, he, I spent an afternoon, I didn't know him well, but I spent an afternoon with him going through his footage that he would provide to, he, he offered to sell to us. And, uh, I just, I remember him as a very funny guy, as a very, uh, he, you know, he was a Marine. He was very much what you expect of a Marine. And, uh, yeah, I, I, one of the things I remember distinctly was him repeatedly trying to convince me Or it was very important for him to convince me that he was not just taking the money for himself, that every dime that I was to give to him, and I spent about a thousand bucks or something, maybe two, three thousand bucks on this footage. And he was insistent that I acknowledge that it wasn't for personal profit, that he was going to go buy more medical supplies, which kind of gives you an insight into the caliber of the man and sadly, the report is that he was in Bakhmut, in a van, in, in, in a van uh, clearly marked as an ambulance, and the Russians nevertheless opened right. fire, and um, and and uh, he reportedly uh, died uh, when he was throwing his body over another human being mm. uh, to protect him from the blast. He was he was a he was a very we should all aspire to be as uh, mm-hmm. selfless and as dedicated as peter reed so it's a sa- it's sad news it's another casualty in this awful war you know and you add that to all the other casualties both people who have come here to help and people who are living under these awful circumstances but you know it's uh, it's right. sad so i did a little in memoriam uh, vlog on my channel on YouTube but um mm-hmm. you know I just would like everybody who is in the audience to recognize that there are people over here sacrificing uh everything giving absolutely everything and P uh, P Pete, Pete was a marine he knew what he was doing he knew the risks i mean he'd had sh- he'd had close calls in the past um but he kept going back because there were people who needed help and he was here and he had the skill set and he he ultimately mm-hmm. gave his life um uh, helping other, other human beings. And we,
0: uh,
1: we should recognize that that's going on here and, yeah. uh, recognize that, um, you know, people are, have decided that this is a fight, uh, worth paying everything. Um, but I give my, if, you know, if somewhere down the road, any of Pete's friends, family or loved ones, uh, hear this or know of this, then, um, uh, he, he, you know he gave his life in a good cause,
2: mhm, so sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, brother and yeah. sorry. that yes, it does um, I will say it's the thing we appreciate most about you being there um is well. it is, is is giving voice to that, and the the reality because a lot of the argument that happens and um uh, the best way out of uh, sadness is anger, unfortunately. So uh, I'm going to irritate you a little bit. Is the argument about money that goes on, you know, is that, you know, that's where the focus is dollars, numbers of tanks, that kind of stuff, without the recognition mm-hmm. that the purpose of the Russian invasion is to eliminate Ukrainians as an existing populace, either yeah. by, t- and, and at some point, I guess they were under, they had, whether they believed it or not, were under the impression that they were going to roll in there, take over Kiev, and then set up indoctrination camps, kind of like the, the Chinese are doing with the Uyghurs, just you know, build those things because they work really sweet in Xinjiang. We'll set them up all over Ukraine, train everybody to be a Russian again, beat the Ukraine out of them, and then go back to abnormal. They gave up on that plan pretty pretty early, um, either by realization or recognition that it was always flawed and ridiculous and have just moved to killing them all. There was the yeah. – um, I played a clip last week of one of the – it's just like kind of – I don't even know what their NCO class is in the Russian Army, but the guy was definitely, um, you know, one of their point people there. And it's a it, – it, somebody did a video comparison of him on the battlefield talking about having to wipe out the Ukrainian people as, an exi- as they exist. And then a clip of him saying, I'm a Nazi, just saying, just saying, I'm a proud of it. I don't want to hedge about it. It's not about national socialism. I'm not even hedging around. Just I'm a Nazi, pure and simple. Like I believe in the, you know, oh, yeah. just out of anti-Semitism, just, you know, in, you know insisting right away. And, and again, blowing out of the water this ridiculous, uh, you know, Nazis in my, my Ukraine story. So 1.8. Yeah, the other well, yeah. the other thing that bothers me, if yeah. I can, you know, just to, to yeah. I don't want to talk about I,
1: I I would talk about Pete and people like him all 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 hour, but the the one thing you say that you know anger kind of can. I, I agree that that's possible. I'm well past anger when it comes to the Russian, uh, yeah. the Russians, the Russians just place uh, of of well, I mean they're just beyond the pale. But what angers me is the guys who sit in uh studios in New York or Washington or somewhere in, you know, safe in the west, uh right. and they pontificate about the validity of uh what the Russians are doing. Uh and they they've never, you know, they never come over here and they never put themselves in any risk. But they think that they are because they've read a couple of articles or they've read a few books or they've consumed some Russian propaganda that they have the the means and the tools to uh, determine what's going on here. And then you have people like Pete coming over here and putting themselves in the ultimate risk to save human lives and and to protect these Ukrainians who are being assaulted. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And he dies. He dies doing that. And uh, yet there are people who sit cozy in in some studio somewhere uh, blogging about how awful the Ukrainians are and how they deserve this. And they've never heard a shot fired in anger. They've never put themselves at personal risk or hazard. And yet they they can they can spew a narrative that ultimately means people are going to die. More people are going to die because they're, they're regurgitating Kremlin talking points.
2: Yeah. So, so Sorry. You know, um, I guess that makes me angry. Bill, we're going to take an early break because the echo is really uh, brutal. Um, okay. It might be uh, maybe a switch. Do you Sorry. Let's
1: go into break yeah. and I'll swap over to my computer?
2: Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm throwing every switch on my end and it just, I think it's a drift thing cause it has to do with the delay that's why it's mm-hmm. it's coming here and coming back to you and then coming back through. That's what the timing is. I was like trying to. I was. I'm literally. I know how many seconds you are away as far as transit transmission at this point now. Anyways, we'll be back right after Good. this. Well, it's, let's go to break and I'll swap over to my laptop. Cool. Uh, it's the House Parks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. I should say that twice uh, for the for the Chinese <laughs> yeah. weather balloon. We'll be back. <laughs>
1: Attention, attention, stop what you're doing.
0: Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Oh, my God! They went a little crazy with it,
2: and I appreciate it.
0: Now let's get back with Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega
2: Worldwide. I'm uh, in the process of bringing Phil back in with us, um, and uh, we will we will make it happen. Here in just a split second. Um, there we go. And she should pop up in a second. Hopefully that solves the vast majority of our uh, echo issues. Um, I saw a blinking. It happened. It started moving. There we go. And, Phil, we can hear you. There he is. Okay. Look at that. Oh, and look How's at this that. that it better? It's very, yes, very, very much better picture as well. It's we're yeah, all yeah. very important. We're all very impressed, I can tell you. Um, so I'm going to move you over a little bit. Oops, there we go. So we can fit you in there now. Um, uh, where were we? There. I mean, so much to cover. We have some yeah. questions already, and one of the things that came oh, up before you came on the air, and I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this one, but uh, there was a a a, a blog about. Uh, on, I think it was on Medium. Was the main place I saw it. Russia's nuclear weapons may be useless. Nuclear physics may have rendered Russia's atomic threat hollow. Um, this is uh, To fully really understand why Russia's nuclear weapons might be a dud, we first need to understand the type they have. They have 4,447 4, nuclear uh, warheads. Um, by the way, a good majority of them made in the 60s and 70s and never decommissioned. They just stacked them. We don't count the ones we decommissioned, they do which is why they have double what we have, because that's the lifespan of them. We just we yeah, we move them out. So uh, and 1912 tactical nuclear weapons in reserve, all of which are supposed to be able to be rolled out quickly. They're the ones that are on those little trucks that you saw in Spies Like Us. Um, (laughs) The difference is surprisingly small. They have a massive impact how they're used. Um, Strategic nuclear weapons are what you might consider a a typical nuclear weapon. An intercontinental ballistic missile designed to wipe out a city on the other side of the world. Uh, they have several designs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for reference, um, let's see. They're very different in the types of nuclear reactions. To fit a nuclear bomb to a shell and, or a small missile, it has to be a pure fission bomb. And this design is relatively compact. That would be the tactical nukes we keep hearing about on the, mm-hmm. on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. But this technology is very inefficient when making a nuclear bomb with a yield of over 50 kilotons. So they are not useful for thermonuclear war. That is the idea. Um, Those are the larger ones. Um, They use a small thermonuclear ones use a large fission bomb to heavily compress and heat the capsule of hydrogen. Um, Here's where the Russian problem comes in. A thermonuclear bomb needs two specific isotopes of hydrogen, uh, deuterium and tritium. Um, and this is due to the fact that these two isotopes fuse together at much lower energies and allowing the bomb to function. There's an issue. While deuter- deuterium is a naturally occurring and stable isotope, which you can easily extract from water, tritium is highly radioactive, has a half-life of only 12 and a half years, and as such needs to be artificially made. We make tritium in the United States by uh, irradiating lithium in nuclear reactors and then painstakingly extracting the gas it's emitted. Um, it's uh, It's... The complexity, it costs $30,000 per gram to make this stuff. Wow. Well, uh, they need a certain amount of tritium to work, and Russia has an economy smaller than the state of New York, and yet they somehow are running a full-scale invasion, fending off international sanctions designed to decrypt their economy, and still have to refine enough tritium to keep their 4,447 thermonuclear weapon arsenal topped up. It's not possible. Plus... Who says their nuclear? I mean, we, we haven't heard much about the nuclear reactors as function in Russia in general. I don't even know which ones they have that are still functioning. And it may be why they had their eyes on Zaporizhia um, for so long. And hmm. the loss of Chernobyl a long time ago, back during the US took away their ability to get it from there. Yeah. So th- well I mean there's a yeah. there's a
1: whole bunch there's a whole bunch to unpack with that. Yeah. Firstly uh, and I and I don't want to um I don't want to uh you know uh, uh, I don't want to get anybody uh, overly anxious about this but firstly we don't really know what Russia's economy is. Because Russia's economy is a is a black market economy; it's a, a gray right. economy at best. So we really don't know what their GDP is. It's probably not extravagantly more than what we see on paper, but we still don't know fully. Secondly, sure. we really don't want to be playing with with nukes. Whether or not I mean, whether or not they their nukes work or not, I would not I would not want to be. I wouldn't I want to it. put it to the test. And right. then, thirdly, they still definitely have enough fissionable uh, material to make a dirty bomb, which right. would be awful as well. But all of this, to, to now having said that, let me reassure people: Russia will not use a nuclear weapon, not a dirty bomb, not an active bomb. They 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 know what they know the consequences of doing that. So mm-hmm. they saber rattle and they have their they have their. Uh, you know, their spokespeople come out uh, on their version of Fox News, uh, their state-run television, and they saber-rattle and they say, why do we even have these nukes if we can't use them? What is this about deterrence? You know, there is no deterrence unless we actually are willing to use these things. I've right. heard that narrative come out of Moscow the last few days. But they know very well what would happen if they nuke anything, If they yeah. nuke, if they nuke New York if they nuke London, if they nuke Berlin, or if they nuke Kiev. Uh, that's it for them. They're done. Right. After that, it's over. Um, there, you know, the 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 entire world will turn against them. NATO will intervene directly. Uh, it it's not it's it's just not it's a, it's an empty threat in so many different ways. Now I don't want to test them on this, but yeah. I don't I, I still am, am confident that they will not Use that now. Will they use some other kind of thing, like a chemical weapons attack or a biological mm-hmm. weapons attack? I think that's equally. I mean, maybe on the battlefield, a chemical attack. Uh, God knows they they don't really pay attention to uh, the Geneva Convention or any kind of uh, you know rules of, of warfare. But you know, we have we have seen Putin in the last week saying things like, you know, we don't have to just use conventional weapons. We have all sorts of he might have been referring to a cyber attack which he, they have yes. their capability well
2: there was a report about that
1: recently yeah. as well yeah i mean their capacity for cyber attacks is significant we've seen it in estonia we've seen it here they've shut off a nuclear power plant here in the kiev region uh, back mm-hmm. in the even before 14 they were they were meddling around with that kind of stuff i've spoken to people in the national security uh, apparatus of the united states who tell me uh, we know that they're inside our grid, so they have the capacity to do it. But again, the the problem with Russia and all these threats is that they know that if they overplay their hand, they will get smacked down so hard, um, because our our capacity to levy war, both real and economic, mm-hmm. puts them puts them at a massive disadvantage. And they know it. They know it. Right. So I would not lose any sleep over the – and I'm here in Kiev and I don't lose any sleep over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the possibility of them using a nuclear weapon, it's – it's the, the possibility is almost negligible. And, and also, by the way, folks, here's another problem with all of this stuff. That, and I've been fielding these questions since the beginning of the war. Yep. Is if – is that – um you know uh, for for them to use uh that kind uh, if if we kowtow to them yeah. because they have the capacity to use a non-conventional we- a weapon of war whether mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even say it's a weapon of war it's a weapon of mass destruction nuclear biological or chemical um then we're always going to be bowing to them. Then, then what? What's next? They say, "Oh, we want a piece of Poland. We want the Baltics back. We're going to nuke Kazakhstan. We're going to nuke Georgia." We're, mm-hmm. And we're always going to be acquiescing to them. They're bullies. You cannot, right. if you, if you, if you let a bully bully you, he will keep doing it, and that is literally what is happening. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not terribly worried about it, and equally. My stance is we have to stand up to him because if we acquiesce he'll just keep doing it uh, and if it's yeah. not Putin it'll be the next Russian leader so you have to stand up to a bully and that's what the Russians are being right now.
2: Yeah. Um th- there's uh there I think we are gathering other uh questions from the chat yeah. room as well. Um and Well um, I have
1: so- I have something for the happy ending that I got in my back pocket so.
2: Awesome. Let's go. Um and uh I, I I can't wait till, um, you know, we get our reports that Donald Trump releases a statement on how to solve this in 24 hours very easily by getting them in the room and solving it using chat GPT. I honestly think that the reason he said that is because he thinks you can just now type something in and a computer will tell you how to do it. They <laughs> laughed at him they laughed yeah. at him on russian television that's right openly yeah so mocked. tell tell folks about that because uh, trump well, said that went, multiple he, times he, this he, week it would be so easy you just get them both in a room bears. and
1: there's magic
2: words right yeah
1: and and so and and, and Solveig, the the kind of top propagandist said you know just laughed openly mocked him and said yeah sure 24 hours and if you had a magic wand i mean he is so he has no concept of what is happening here and he has right. no con- – and, and also people who also kind of support that mentality that, that there's a way to force Putin to the negotiating table mm-hmm. or even the, the, that Russia would negotiate in good faith. Uh, they, they don't understand the complexity and the historical dialectic that is actually play, being played out here. This is hundreds of years of colonial yeah. imperial uh, occupation it's not going to disappear overnight right. i mean why everybody crows about about the 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 you know the budapest memorandum, memorandum. why was there a budapest summit because everybody knew that ukraine was going to be a problem because it is their crown in the colonial jewel uh, in their the you know the, the 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 jewel in their colonial crown and mm-hmm. um, And they are threatened by losing Ukraine. They're not only because of strategic interests, but cultural, historical, uh, Russia's sense of self-identity. Ukraine was always. We should have dealt with this in such a better way. 30 years ago, and we didn't. Right. And that, I put that on the doorstep of the West just as much as I put that on the doorstep of the Kremlin. So um, Ukraine was always going to be a problem. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. We should have addressed it in a more manageable way. But then there's the part of me that says we could never deal with this in a, in a manageable way because the, at the core of it, all is the fact that the Ukrainians do not want to live in an ab- abusive relationship with Moscow, and that, that's just not going to change. It's not like right. there are, you know, le- the narrative that Mo- the Moscow puts out is that they have, the, that Kiev has been swayed or seduced away uh, by the West. Well, that's not the case. Ukraine has, has decided that it doesn't want to be a colony, not of right. Moscow and not of Brussels or Washington. Washington, by the way, and I get snicker, you know, I get blowback on that when I say that kind of stuff because there's, oh, of course yeah. they're going to be vassal states to the West. No, if you think that they're going to be a vassal state to the West, you don't know the Ukrainians like I do. Right, right. And they're not, they're going to be an independent nation. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I am convinced that at the end of the day, as, as much blood as needs to be shed, sadly, the Ukrainians will be independent, and they will be sovereign, and they won't take orders from anybody. They'll cooperate. They'll be in a partnership, but they're not. They're not going to be a colony anymore. They've been a colony for hundreds and hundreds of years, and those days are over. This war is going to
2: put that, you know, put that to for an bad. end. So, anyway, exactly. So, um, again, oh, let's take a break. We went over the break, but let's let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll take some of the questions from the chat room that we have. I know. Uh, And uh, we have quite a few um, because uh, life uh, uh, finds a way. We'll be back right (laughs) after this. It's the House Parks Radio program Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. Bro, and wow, and a guitar note, and then with progressive and all, that. yeah, it's gonna be good. Hey, how did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. Bro, the dark and wow, and a guitar note, and then with progressive
0: and all, that. yeah, it's gonna be good. The house parks radio program, <laughs> mega worldwide. Yeah, it's gonna be good.
2: So um, one of the things I keep hearing, Philip Itner, before we get to one of the questions from the chat, because there are many, um, is the idea that uh, Russia is laughing at us. You're, you've heard this a bunch. They're laughing at us. They keep laughing at us. Um, it, I, I happen to think that what Russia is going through and what China is going through and what Iran is going through is so deadly serious right now that even if they think they get some kind of a, a win or the United States is embarrassed if it's if it's just embarrassing, they're just like not enough and if it's if they think it's some kind of win, even then it's just like oh it's not this is hilarious look at us dunking on them, which is this middle school mentality you see on the right all the time uh, the and I do spend a decent amount of time laughing at the sluddyovs uh, uh, and that crowd a bit because it's so in it's so hyperbolic and it's so over the top that you know. It, there's almost it's no other... Yeah. yeah um what what do you think the like the genuine state of you know R- Russian feeling around um uh, about the us is right now other than the we're for- proxy war NATO blah 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 that they sell well
1: I don't I don't know a hundred I, I, I It's difficult to measure
2: because knowing knowing your time spent there, because you've spent a lot of time. Well, Yeah, I
1: I think I think there are those in Russia who are sick of the war. They realize it's a mistake. They realize that uh, their young men and now their middle aged men are being thrown into uh, just a, 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 you know, a Cuisinart uh, Mm -hmm. at the front Mm -hmm. line. Um, they know that it was a foolish move they don 't know why they 're doing it i've i've heard this growing sentiment of like we know we weren 't attacked by Ukraine. Why are we attacking them um, But when it comes to america right. look there 's a lot of built up animosity towards america um mm-hmm we 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 burned through a lot of goodwill in the 90s with when we sent in it wasn't just us I mean the Brits the Germans a lot right. of nations sent in carpetbaggers in the fall of the Soviet Union but we did too and so there's a lot of there's there's a lot of sour grapes uh, there's a lot of uh, animosity towards America but having said that um many Russians that I know to this day are like we actually really like America as a country. It's just we don't like the the some of the you know we think your government is imperialistic. We think that they're they, right. you know all this kind of stuff, um, uh, and they, you know look, we can have that argument, we can have that discussion, but the sentiment amongst uh, Russians is that they actually do kind of appreciate. I mean, I mean, you know, before all this started, go to Miami, go to Miami, go to South Beach, you would hear Russian. Right. Spoken everywhere. They love L.A. They love anywhere that they can go that's warm because, of course, they're Russian and they (laughs) hate the cold. So they would I mean, there used to be anchor baby programs in Miami. Used to
2: be used to be Uh, Trump Tower, Trump Tower, Miami is effectively a prenatal ward for for Russian pregnant women. it, It is its primary source of income.
1: You'll never hear the right talking about that, but they'll scream bloody murder if you're, you know, if you're brown or yellow or black. Oh, you know, yeah. A, bu- a bunch of uh, European looking uh, Russians, you know, and mm-hmm. making in Miami. I don't see I don't hear a lot of crowing about that. I pitched that story to Fox like several times. They never took it. I don't know why i Weird. kept pitching. It. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's so there's not there's not quite the animosity amongst the Russian populace. They're they're upset with the way the the war is going. They're upset that the war even exists. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't. I yeah. The attitude towards America, I, it's hard to gauge. But they're look. But here's the other thing that's happening internally within mm-hmm. Russia. It's getting worse and worse economically. It's getting worse and worse in terms of their recognition of where they are on the global stage, and and they also the you know Ukrainians and Russians. Uh, oftentimes uh, have shared families and they are less and less inclined to openly disregard when their Ukrainian cousins call them and say, you're bombing us. Please stop. Uh, At the beginning of the war, they said, no, no, you're, you're 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 you've been, you know, seduced. You've been lied to. Increasingly uh, some of them are starting to come around to the fact that you know maybe actually a lot of what we 're doing is um, you know is pretty awful so mm-hmm. I, but it's just it 's hard to gauge because also you know it 's a police state now it 's an autocratic police state internally right. within russia so getting the real i mean i got a I got friends who are in the Russian diaspora right now I talked to them about it they 're heartbroken about the whole thing so Right. It's it's really complicated to gauge the the mood of the Russian people right now, but well, I think let's it's grab safe a, to say
2: nobody's happy. Right. Um, let's and obviously the the sanctions because they are financial and because Russia knew that it was going to be engaging in this and and there was you know one of the reasons why this the Biden administration knew they were going in even when Zelensky was dubious about it was because they were stockpiling. Cash essentially expecting yeah. sanctions. They were not expecting the amount of sanctions they got. That clearly took them, caught them completely off guard. And the impact of it, if, cause I follow a bunch of these like Russian lifestyle vloggers. Once this started, people who live in country and they're, and they were in the beginning, they were like, we've got all these sanctions and everything's the same price and you can get anything you want. And that and it's not, we're all an isolated environment. They're now in Georgia. They, they, they left. Like, I, there's only one of those, uh, vloggers that's still in Russia, and he's in like way the eastern part of Russia, borderline, like, he could probably walk to China or North Korea if they, if they knocked on his door. But everybody else who was like, these sanctions aren't doing anything, is, has left and is now Doing videos about how they're you know they're better off. It's so weird. I don't.
1: I do not think that we will see empty shells like we saw at the fall of the Soviet Union. Because they they're smart enough, and they also have an internal they have an internal you know production of food they're going to keep their people fed they're going to mm-hmm. keep their you know i think their intention is to keep their people you know warm and all the rest well, of it well those things it. aren't Basically, a, lot, a lot of
2: foodstuffs aren't sanctioned but the price right. of stuff was the big thing yeah. and that it that it does get more costly right
1: yeah they're not going to get a new flat screen anytime soon they're not going mm-hmm. to the, the price of oil is is probably going to go up because you know while they have their own internal oil they they're not you know, turning that into something that can be commercially used internally within Russia—that might become a problem. Um, but they're gonna—they're gonna start to see their their quality of life diminished. They'll mm-hmm. have they'll have subsist, uh, subsistence living going, mm-hmm. but they will not <clears throat> be able to get. Uh, your subsistence loving will be will continue, but they won't right. be able to get anything, you know. Yeah, it's going to be it.
2: luxury goods and dollar store stuff, but there's nothing yeah. in the middle because that comes from everywhere else. Exactly. And that's yeah, because the rich stuff and industry around, is
1: going to be hurt. And look, right. it's only just starting for them, but I, do, I don't think they're going to get empty shelves. I don't think they're going to be like the fall of the Soviet Union era. Um, the the authorities are smart enough to know to avoid that, and they've got the means internally,
2: so they, that probably won't happen. But anyway, well, because of that stockpiling of cash, that was that, would, and yeah. because it, the sanctions don't and, cover a lot of, they coo- they like need, again, foodstuffs and clothing them. and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, let's grab a yeah, question, potatoes. though.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. My first question here is from Jonathan Black. Um, what is a reputable wildlife slash pet sh- uh, shelter that we can donate to out there?
1: Oh my goodness! In Ukraine, um, I believe there are, so. they do exist. They do exist. Um, I don't I would, have one off the oh boy. Tell, I, you're springing that on me.
2: I tell you what, uh, I can. I, I I have friends at the Humane Society, and they've been tracking some of this as well. What I'll do is, I will post on my uh, Spoutable and on my Twitter and Facebook pages. Um, I will put up some links for everybody that the humane society of the U S is working with directly. And that, so, you know, we don't, I I, I
1: know, I know a guy who, I know a guy who has been working with an outfit uh, that does care for, for animals, rescuing animals and sheltering them uh, until then I can, either they can be reunited with their, their families or, you know, they can be found new families. And that's an organization that is, um, out near Lviv, uh, no Ivan Frank, Frankivsk, but I don't know the mm-hmm. name off the top of my head. It's not hard to find. And, and Hal, yeah, if you know a reputable one yeah. connected with the Humane Society,
2: I'll, I'll, but they, this, I will. I will reach out to them. We will make. Area. We will make sure it happens. Yeah, a whole they're, they're
1: in. Ukrainians yep. are big on that, so.
2: Yep, and the and the Humane Society of the U.S. is helping them too. So yep. uh, we yeah, we no, love no, them anyways. They do great work. Um, and let's see. Uh, we're close to it. we got, like, another minute. Maybe this is one. Yeah, uh, one more quick the one. One more sure. quick one. Here, here's
3: one from uh, NickRich56. Uh, could Phil explain why VOVA is used to uh, name Vladimir Putin?
1: Vladimir. So Russians often have a diminutive for every single name that they have. So you have Svetlana, and that can go down to Sveta or Sasha, Alexandra, uh, Alexandra, or Alexander can also be turned into Sasha. Uh, Vladimir can be di- can be broken down to Vova. It's it is diminutive and it is often used to, uh, to, between familiar people. It's a kind of a term of endearment, endearment if you're close to them. So when people kind of want to belittle a very important person, like a president of a country, they will they will diminish it inappropriately to Vova from Vladimir. It's kind of a condescending insult. So that's why you hear people calling Vladimir uh, Putin Vova. Because you don't call the president, uh, you know, of the country, you know, by uh, I- I overly casual term.
2: Yeah, it's like us calling him Pooty Poot. You know, like those yeah. kind of things. It's it's yeah. it, you know it's like calling and, a Robert Bobby, calling a Kimberly Kim,
1: and she doesn't. She wants. I want to be Kimberly, and you call her yeah. Kimmy. You go, hey Kimmy. Right. No, I'm right. Kimberly. You know yeah, that yeah. kind of
2: thing. Yeah, and when they're when it's somebody like Putin, it's specifically. It's like calling Xi Jinping when he's it's, the, yeah, same, it's, it's fragile, the same. It's the like same. Everybody fragile. over there.
1: Yeah. Right. It's a fragile ego. That, yeah. You know, and he's. Let's he's, take he's Yeah.
2: So. Great explanation. We'll, we'll be back trying. right after this. It's the House Radio program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million and Philip Itner joining us. Follow Philip at Philip Itner on Twitter. Uh, 1L2Ts. Are you on Spoutable yet? Have you j- bumped over to there? No. Maybe Jump I, on there. I, 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 snatch your media. name up early is what I do. So, uh, yeah, so I'm on there uh unspoutable at um, at Hal Sparks. So there you go. Okay.
0: I am happy you are happy, let us be happy together whether the weather is cloudy or sunny. I will always be your funny honey bunny. I am lucky you are lucky, let us get lucky together whether the weather is cloudy or breezy. I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Cause isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say, I love you? Chugga chugga choo choo, woo! woo. I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning. I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning. I hope that you like cereal.
2: Yay!
3: Now, right Yay. out
2: of the gate, right oh, out of the day, it's not, it's, you, you need it, some days you need it more than others. And, uh, um, and by the way, video. that's true. Yep. Um, so, uh, real quick, there was one. Uh, I don't know, if Johnny, if you saw this one. The Tabby super chatted so the independent Russian media Medusa. How are they doing? And are they accepting donations? Do you know Medusa? I'm not familiar with Medusa. I do know so.
1: Medusa. I do know Medusa. Uh, they're an excellent organization. They made up mostly of uh, uh, Russian journalists in exile. I think they're basing themselves out of Estonia now in Tallinn. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a very, very reputable. Impressive group. They they they're the ones that did like the reveal of all the palatial estates of the of mm-hmm. the ruling elite, Putin and, and Medvedev and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they they are now in ex. They have now been banned from Russia. So they yeah. have, uh, they have mm. uh, they, they're out of Russia, but they continue to because many Russians have VPNs. They're continuing to broadcast in. I mean, just go to the website. Just go to Medusa with a Z. Uh, yeah. so it's m e d u z a and i'm sure they've got a contribution site there they're, they 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 survive on that so yeah. uh, if you are if you have it in your heart to support them do go support them
2: their very- if you guys feel like throwing that in the chat for people that would be fantastic i appreciate it uh, they're probably already on it i don't even know what i think it's
1: either dot, .it might be .ru or it might be dot .org i'm not 100% mm-hmm.
2: on that yeah, I, I, my guess is, since most of the .ru servers are in Russia proper these days, because nobody, wants, org, nobody yeah. wants them uh, outside the country, they probably bounced over to org, hopefully. But we'll, we'll dig it up and we'll put they it up there, up, just they like we'll, the contact with the HSUS stuff. Um, one of the, you know, I always like the happy ending to be just happy, plainly happy, instead of, like, at someone anyone's expense. But that, but <laughs> this, was, this was a major uh, deal. The new... The new package of military aid that is coming to Russia from the United States, which, by the way, was already voted for last year. What people don't understand is that when the U.S. government votes on a $40 billion package or whatever, every time it's doled out, it has to be signed off on. So there's this thing. The U.S. is sending 2.2. <laughs> That's part of the 40 period. Part Either lend-lease or... Or the or the already agreed to funds. It's not on top of. That's why all these right wingers seem to think we just have, we just gave up forty billion and it's vanished. They're like no stupid, the forty billion dollars goes out in segments. So, anyways, the most recent one includes uh, includes a new rocket called the ground launch small diameter bomb. Impressive which, piece of kit, <clears throat> and doubles the strike range <coughs> of yeah. the. Uh, of the ukrainians doubles the distance by which they can they they can lie it's a um,
0: fascinating piece of yeah. kit
1: it's a fascinating piece of kit it's actually cheaper than the normal missile that comes out of the high this is a a system that mm-hmm. is launched out of uh either a high or i i also believe it can come out of a M two hundred and seventy MLRS rocket system, which we have given them plenty of. It's a cheaper missile system, and, and it's got longer range. And not only that, it's very it's very precise, and it carries a, a really good warhead on it. And what it yeah. is is, it launches out of the HIMARS or the or the M two hundred and seventy, and then mid flight, the warhead breaks out, and it becomes basically a drone and controllable. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an amazing piece of kit. It will do significant damage. Um, but, you know, uh, I have a very good friend who's a military expert here in uh, Ukraine, and I spoke to him about it. And his point was, look, it's going to be good, but it's, it's not a game ch- It will not be a game changer. But it right. will be. It's going to be good. It's going to absol- And it's going to increase. What it will do is it will increase that range, which will force Russia to push back its supply chain farther and farther and further back yeah and as Ukraine advances which we all hope they will do i hope uh you know with when when they when they get the uh the uh vehicles the Bradleys and the tanks so the, that'll enable enable them to go on the offensive when they go on the offensive that will then force the Russians to repeat uh, retreat further and further back because their lines of communication and support will be more uh subject to attack so the the yeah the 2.17 billion uh, segment that's being uh, provided right now has got a whole bunch of really um, good equipment, but we're what we're really waiting for is the Bradleys, the Challengers, the Leopards, um, mm. and more and more of those are coming. The Challengers we've discussed will not be online for a really long time. It may not maybe too late to make a difference, but right um when the when the 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 concern right now on the ground in ukraine uh is that uh there's just such sheer Numbers that the, the the Russians have put forward. I mean, it could be half a million men that might become crashing down right, right. On, on Ukrainian lines, and it's 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 like a zombie wave. It really is. I hate to be dismissive because it's human lives we're talking about here. But the the Russians are just going to throw bodies at this thing, and and given the weaponry and the defensive lines that the Ukrainians have established, they're, they're just going to slaughter. So many Russians. It's it's disgusting and it's sad and it's going to be disturbing uh, to watch because there will be footage. But that's what they're going to do now. Is it going to be enough to overwhelm the Ukrainian lines? We'll have to wait and see. There's some talk that there might be growing uh, tension between Zelensky and the military because Zelensky is, is, has been now publicly saying we are not going to give up Bakhmut. And there's there's the rumor mill is that maybe the military is like, no, now's the time to do a measured retreat. We don't really need Bakhmut. We were yeah. using Bakhmut as an anvil for the Russian hammer to crash against, but we don't necessarily need it. Let's do a a, a managed retreat. But uh, Zelensky is openly saying no. We've got to stay there. Um, maybe he's thinking about the same idea that you know, if you want to kill yourself on our defensive lines, you know, send all the conscripts you want. We'll have to wait and see. But you know, we're 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 kind of in a in a we're in a um, holding uh, uh, No, we're in a limbo. We're in a yeah. limbo between these two sides. Are the, are the Ukrainians going to get the weapon systems and the, and the vehicles, the tanks and the fighting vehicles in time and get them to the front? Um, or are the Russians going to get their zombie horde uh, right. organized to crash on those lines? What's just going to happen first and what will be the consequences of that? So that's why we're in this limbo situation. Some in the Ukraine say that the, the offensive has already started. With We saw the attack in Dnipro. Um, uh, for example, um, but, you know, this is about to get very, very bloody, very, very violent, not that it hasn't been already, uh, and very, very kinetic and a lot of maneuver. When that Mm -hmm. happens, I don't know. Now, I have my happy ending story, if I may. Yes. Yes, bring it. My happy ending story is this. So I only just saw this today, but apparently there was a Zoom meeting happening between the uh, uh, the foreign ministry and the and, and authorities in Moscow, the Kremlin, and all the rest of it. They were on a Zoom meeting with a lot of the kind of um, uh, uh, the the guys in the disputed regions: Lugansk, uh, Donetsk, Zaporizhia. Yeah. You know all the kind of places where there's not. You know there's a dispute dispute. And so there are those who are kind of quizzlings, if if you know that historical reference, who are kind of yeah. pro-Russian Ukrainians who have mostly right. been mostly been bought by yeah. Moscow, but I don't want to be too totally disparaging, there are true believers as well. Anyhow, they were on this this is the fun part, okay? So they were on this Zoom meeting and apparently Ukraine's intelligence service found out that this was happening and they busted into the Zoom meeting. And they were listening to all of the talk, uh, and then they burst in and they said, "We see you, you in Zaporizhia, you in Donetsk, you in Luhansk. We have uh, your names. Just oh know boy. that we now consider you traitors, and you will be brought to justice when what? when this." And then, and then wow. they burst, and then they played the Ukrainian national anthem. And you, could, <laughs> <laughs> you could see the faces of these quizzlings dropping uh, and going, oh, my God. One lady quickly picks up the phone and is like, I mean, she's got her phone muted. Or she's got the Zoom chat m- muted, but you can see her frantically on the phone. And then one by one, drop, 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 drop. It was wow.
2: beautiful.
1: Like, who who, who is on
2: Yes. Who are the Russians on the line with them? Was it
1: like like guys from the guys from the you know, military command, interior ministry, because right. they think yeah. that these guys are part of Russia now. Uh, guys in the Kremlin guys. I mean, it's, gotcha. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's about 15 people on a Zoom meeting. But right. it was just so interesting to see the Ukrainians who had decided to side with Ukraine uh, with Russia suddenly realize, right. oh, my God, they can see us. They know who we are. And then to see them drop off. Oh, that's and then amazing! The playing, and all the Russians sitting
2: there stewing, just oh. furious. It was it was great. It was absolutely great. I, you know, this this is an ongoing thing too, and maybe this uh, will tie this up with the whole uh, Chinese balloon idea. Is that the one of the thing about the Russians is that we and a lot of other countries have used their launch facilities in Kazakhstan, I believe, with the primary one, to launch satellites.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: yeah, right. And the Chinese used it all the time as well. They have their own launch site. It doesn't work very well. So they spend a lot of time, you know, buying their way onto these rockets that Russia was sending up. And Russia's not really sending them up anymore. And so the Chinese <laughs> satellites that need to be repurposed, repaired, or replaced are effectively... Know a lot of people don't know this, but like the the Starling satellites, um, about a hundred of them just burned up and fell out of the sky. They do it all the time because there's these tiny little relays. They're not like you think of a satellite. This is happening to China. Oh, there she is, Florida. The last thing. Yeah, so is. it's happening to Chinese satellites. Maybe it's why they need balloons, and maybe that's why Russia's having the same problem with their satellites, and now they're ending up using Zoom. Well there's no
1: love there's no love lost between Kazakhstan and Russia because Baikonur right. is, is they they do, the, the Russian launch uh, the the multi uh, stage